If you're a podcast enthusiast like I am, you probably thought about making a podcast on your own. Creating a podcast is one of the best decisions I've made personally, but it definitely can feel overwhelming when trying to start one on your own. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Their platform is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote, and track a professional podcast. It's in fact so good that they have helped over 100,000 people launch their own own podcast. Buzzsprite will get your show on every major podcast directory such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of your recording. You also get a great looking podcast website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes as well. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos every week. So you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from people that live it every day. To start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show, Buzzsprout the easiest way to start a podcast welcome back everyone to another episode of insightful principles within this content today i really want to highlight juneteenth uh, which was celebrated june 19th 2022 um and it really is recognizing when slaves became officially free back in 1865 so really wanted to take this time with this episode to really go over uh, just some of the history behind it, but also talking about the importance of financial education, equality and freedom. Now, when I first started this channel, my very first video was on black group economics and I highlighted the disparities between the black and brown communities of what they have when it comes to generational wealth. I explained the racial wealth gap and also why it's vital for us to become more educated when it comes to financial literacy and becoming more intentional with keeping wealth in our economies. I feel a lot of times, specifically within the black community, we can have discussions about sports, about entertainment, things that are really not long-term thinking ideas. They're more of just temporary uh, conversations that it's nothing wrong with having those conversations, but when it comes to building wealth, you know, having life insurance, uh, making sure that you have that financial security, conversations around substance and longevity, it tends to lack uh, when it comes to our communities. But I think we have seen a lot of changes and a lot of improvement over the years, but we still have a long way to go. Now, my purpose for starting this channel, this podcast, uh, was because I saw that there was a lack of financial literacy amongst the black community, and I honestly wanted my content to be a resource for those that haven't been exposed to investing, personal finance, entrepreneurship, or even understanding how the economy works. And my mission is to help over a million people instill the principles necessary to obtain financial independence. Ultimately, my purpose is to help elevate the black and brown communities and provide education that can not only change your life, but change your family's life. And I'm saying all of this because, like I mentioned, yesterday was Juneteenth. And this was a remembrance of when slaves became officially free in 1865. 
Now, it actually was on January 1st of 1863 when Abraham Lincoln, the president, uh, issued the uh, Emancipation Proclamation that declared blacks being held as slaves will be free. However, it took until December of 1865 when the 13th Amendment was established when the law stated that the end of slavery uh, would be in all of America. Now, the reason why it took so long is because you still had states after 1863 like Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Texas that were heavy states around the Jim Crow laws that we seen, you know, back in the 60s in the 70s where they still were doing slavery after that point in time. So it took a while for every state to uh, have the uh, recognition knowing that, okay, this is something that we shouldn't be doing anymore. And, you know, back in the day, they didn't have any television. They didn't have any cell phones. So you got to think everything was really communicated uh, through either a newspaper or a letter. So, you know, there wasn't much communication amongst all of the states in America that this was abolished. It had to be put in law in 1865 of December, where it actually the 13th Amendment was created. So I thought that that was pretty, um, you know, uh, eye opening when you think about the amount of time it actually took for slaves to become free. Now, you know, a great research paper that I would recommend everyone to read, especially for those that may not be aware of the disparity of wealth throughout America is a paper called The Wealth of Two Nations, The U.S. Racial Wealth Gap from 1860 to 1820. Uh, what they really are highlighting in this research paper is uh, really just talking about the wealth accumulation of each racial wealth group. Uh, they also look at, you know, the buying behaviors, whether that's saving behaviors, income growth, and the capital returns in the evolution of the gap and how it has really been spreading uh, when you look over the last 150 years. In fact, they stated within a research paper that they seen that the convergence of the wealth gap has really been on a slower path over the last 150 years when you are looking at, you know, black wealth and white wealth and that the convergence has really stalled after 1950. And since the 1980s, the wealth gap has widened again as capital gains have predominantly benefited white households and the income convergence has stopped. So it's very interesting, you know, when you really think about that and a couple of points that they highlight throughout the paper is the white to black per capita wealth ratio is six to one, meaning the average white person in America has six times the wealth of the average black person living in America. That's equivalent to the average black person holding only 17 cents for every white dollar of wealth. So that is one thing that really stands out to me that, you know, there still is a big wealth gap and there's still some improvement that we have to make as a black community to make sure that wealth is being circulated more frequently throughout our economy. Now, another point of concern, and this wasn't mentioned in the research paper, but one thing that I also read is that. The circulation of money throughout the black community is much lesser compared to other communities. 
And the reason why this is important is because the higher the circulation of dollars in a community, the greater the economic stability and opportunities for economic growth. There are studies showing that the average lifespan of the dollar is approximately 28 days in the Asian community, 19 days in the Jewish community, 17 days in the white community, and only six hours in the black community. So this is one problem that as a black community that we really have to work on. The buying power isn't an issue when it comes to, you know, the black community. We have a buying power of 1.6 trillion, but the problem is that the circulation of the dollar in our communities only lasts six hours. So some of the immediate solutions that I can really think of, of what other people are trying to solve is, you know, we can buy black so we can really take the initiative to support, you know, our local coffee shop, farmer's market, uh, shopping center, any or even you know, what I did, you know, at the beginning of this year, uh, working with more of a black um, accountant, look at ways of how you can really invest and in, in, in be able to support uh, black people within your community that have businesses throughout your community. Um, I also think like, you know, investing in other black businesses and entrepreneurs. So, you know, I think a lot about private equity, venture capital, uh, where you can find ways of how you can invest in other black startups and really put some capital into other companies that can help be able to build the transfer of black wealth throughout our commodities and keeping it in our ecosystem. And I think the biggest one that really can have an impact is banking black. You know, banking black to me is is very important because the traditional financial system for a long time has excluded wealth from being circulated throughout the black and Latino communities. Uh, when you think about discriminatory lending and redlining, uh, those were often situations where uh, for people just from the color of their skin, they couldn't buy a home or they couldn't take out a loan for their business or even, you know, redlining where certain communities were cut off where you had blacks on one side and whites on the other side. You know, I definitely think. So before we get back to the show, I wanna tell you all about an awesome product that I'm using, uh, Ledger. They are the largest crypto hardware wallet in the world. Um, they're trusted by over 2 million users worldwide. And the reason why you want to look into a hardware wallet is because you wanna own your private keys. If you do not control your own private keys, you do not own your Bitcoin. A public key is when it's on a major exchange. A private key is when it's stored offline and it's on a hardware wallet. Another reason why you want to look into a hard wallet is exchanges have had a history of being hacked. Um, not all, but some. And hardware wallets, they protect against you losing your funds. And the whole system of why Bitcoin was created was for decentralization for security where you can be your own bank and where you can be able to move money at ease between other people um, or whether you're moving money off of exchange to your crypto hardware wallet, it gives you the ultimate control as an investor and you wanna utilize those, those benefits of being a part of this system of decentralization. So if you go into the show notes and go to my affiliate link, um, you'll be able to look at all of the different products that Ledger offers. Um, like I said, I have thoroughly enjoyed um, my process of utilizing 
of the hardware wallet and it's the best way to be able to safely secure your crypto it's becoming better but there still are situations where people are excluded when it comes to opportunities to really building generational wealth and there is a black owned mobile banking platform called greenwood bank that is helping to address this issue and encourage generational wealth throughout the black community and the bank, uh, they're still in the process of going live, but they have a wait list currently at the moment. So I'll put their info in the show notes if you are interested. But it's amazing to see what these guys are trying to solve. And they're really trying to address an issue that has been too prevalent here in America when you look in history. Now, Juneteenth is a day where we can really reflect on what happened in history but also understand that we have more resources and education available now more than ever than our ancestors did back in 1865. It really, it, it used to be illegal for us to read and write. So I take this mission very seriously with this podcast, with this channel, when it comes to impacting you all, you know, with my content on a week to week basis. And I hope when you all listen to my podcast, you think of the importance of financial literacy, financial equality, and ultimately changing your financial mindset. As always, I thank you all so much for your support, uh, for listening to this podcast. Um, if you can continue to rate, leave a review and share uh, with your family and friends, um, that's greatly appreciated. And I thank you all for listening and have a blessed day.